classic 80s metal. Symphonic death metal opera. But I've got to be in the mood to listen to Black Sabbath. Many of our listeners weren't even born then. Back for its time, it was very progressive. I can see there are thrash elements. You are a metal paradox. A stunning vision of death metal. I would listen to it over and over and over again today. It just seems so dated. I hear this more as operatic and goth. Florianson will surpass Halford as the iconic heavy metal singer. You're listening to The Great Metal Debate Podcast. Welcome back, listeners, to The Great Metal Debate. This is Gomp Dog, and I'm joined once again by Brian. Hello, Gomp Dog. It's been a great year for music, and I'm anxious to kind of talk about the greatness of the music that came out this year. I totally agree, man. This has been such an awesome year for us on the podcast, our first full year doing the podcast, and we talked about so many great musicians and bands, and Dude, some of the greatest music ever made was created this year. I mean, I, I can't wait to talk about it. I'm excited uh, for the listeners. Uh, definitely looking forward to telling you, you know, my picks. You know, I just kind of looked back over the albums that I picked up over the past year, and it's amazing the quality of those albums and just how many great bands I've gotten to see and listen to. Oh, definitely. There's some greats. There's some iconic bands putting out, you know, music for this year. And, uh, you know, I've got a couple of surprises in there, so, you know. So, I, you know, I'm anxious to kind of just uh, box it around a little bit and see what you think. I could have easily come up with 50 albums to talk about on my list, but I think we've uh, reduced each of ours to that top 10. We did. I came up, I think, with 34 albums in my list. You know, I can make some honorable mentions, but I think there are 10 that stand out. All right, man. Well, I just can't refrain from noting several bands who are deserving of recognition I want to put on my honorable mention list. Any of these could justifiably be listed as the top albums of the year. Some of those that didn't make my top 10 were... The Satanist by Behemoth, Slave to the Sword from Exmortis, Shadows of the Dying Sun by Insomnium, High Priestess by Cobra and the Lotus, uh-huh. Angels of the Apocalypse from Timo Tolki's Avalon, Hollow's album Mordrake, Omnipresent by Origin. You got to talk to Jason Kaiser, man. Yeah, it was a highlight show and a highlight uh, interview for me. Once More Around the Sun by Mastodon. I got to see them for the very first time this year. Uh-huh. And then three albums that each of them really deserves to be in the top ten. Delivering the Black by Primal Fear, Heroes from Sabaton, yeah. and A War of Our Own by Stream of oh, Passion. Yeah. That's a monster. Ten. Starting off at number ten, I have The Human Contradiction from Delane. Following on We Are the Others, Delane rebounded in 2014 with a heavier, meatier, and even more powerful album with The Human Contradiction. The band's done a masterful job of crafting a record that provides all the classic Delane gothic melancholy magic. Charlotte's vocals shine, Timo's guitars are as strong as ever, and Martine's keys pull it all together. The album features the return of Marco Hitala singing on several tracks, plus harsh vocals by arch-enemies Elisa White Gloves on the final song, Tragedy of the Commons, a top ten worthy effort. Nine. Iced Earth returned in 2014 with my number nine pick, Plagues of Babylon. Although perhaps not as strong as Dystopia, their first offering was Stu Block, Plagues nonetheless provides the solid riffing, song structure, and the vocals Iced Earth fans expect. 
Stu continues with his superb vocal delivery, and the rest of the band maintains that trademark Iced Earth sound. Another impressive product from a legendary band. I cannot believe this, but on the first two that you've picked, I think I'm kind of there with you, man. I loved Plagues of Babylon. I thought it was a great album. I actually like it better than Dystopia. Eight. The eighth best album of 2014 is Redeemer of Souls by Judas Priest. After 2009's symphonic concept album, Nostradamus, Priest have returned with their first release since the departure of co-founder K.K. Downing. Redeemer brings a lot of great Priest hallmarks, including classic metal riffs and even bluesy sounds following the path explored in the song Revolution off Angel of Retribution. New Axeman Richie Faulkner fills Downing's shoes ably, bringing his own style and technique to the Priest camp without misstep. Overall, Redeemer is a solid offering. I might have had this album rated higher, Brian, except for your argument that this represents a return to some bygone 80s ideal for Judas Priest. Merely the suggestion that this might be some throwback to that overblown era of pompous, anti-intellectual arena rock merits Redeemer being pushed back several spots on my list. God, you are an idiot. I can't believe that that's a reason why you would push that back. Listen... When Priest came out, and they started up with Dragonaut, which is the first uh, song off this album, which, by the way, is a return to their 80s traditional sound, and that's what makes it worthy of a top ten. When that happened, I was transported back to the golden age of metal, the time when metal was metal, and it wasn't a bunch of fatty, high-register singers who think that metal is somehow related to a bygone scene, tradition of opera. After your strong case there, maybe push them back behind Delane and Ice Earth. Seven. For number seven, I select Goat Whore's newest offering, Constricting Rage of the Merciless, a brutal helping of blackened death metal. Constricting Rage has the Goat Whore crew returning with a fury. Classic tracks like FBS give the listener everything they want, with perhaps even more lyrical simplicity than on earlier albums. If you enjoy metal at the crossroads of black, thrash, and death, this album is ideal listening. Six. Surprisingly one of only two Canadian metal bands with albums to make my top ten. At number six, I have Beyond Creation with Earthborn Evolution. While not the shock that was its predecessor, The Aura, Earthborn Evolution again brings Beyond Creation, producing an amazing amalgam of progressive melodic death metal. Songs like Neurological Transmissions, Elusive Reverence, and Theatrical Delirium propel the listener on an atmospheric ride. The musicianship is stunningly technical, but unforced, successfully layering a range of progressive textures amid the crunching guitars and blast beats. This is the next step in the evolution of metal. You know, this is one of those albums that uh, the intricacy, kind of the talent are obvious. The passion was apparent in concert. And then also I got to interview Simon, uh, Simon Gerard, the lead singer and lead guitar player. And his passion was obvious. And then, of course, during the show, their talent was obvious. And they played several songs off uh, this album. They were not a disappointment. Uh, it's a solid selection from you. And before the show, we saw where the bass player gets his inspiration. We did, as a matter of fact. And that inspiration smelled extremely strong, sweet, and good. Five. For album number five, I pick Antagonize by Mayan. 
Those who know Mark Janssen's work from After Forever and Epica recognize him for what he is, a metal genius. Mark doesn't disappoint with Antagonize, an even heavier follow-up to Mayan's first release, Quarter Past. Antagonize has all the surging guitars, epic symphonies, and of course, the three-headed monster of clean, harsh, and operatic vocals. This time, the classical singing includes Marcella Bovio, in addition to past Mayan crooners Flor Janssen, Simone Simmons, and Laura Macri. A must-have for any fan of symphonic death metal. Four. The other Canadian metal band on my list appears with its debut full-length album and my number four choice for 2014, Empire, from Montreal Metalers Car Chaos. Having heard and really liked their EP, I still wasn't prepared for how great Empire is. Strong riffs and melodies, powerful orchestration, and solid strong structures. I can't say enough good things about this album. There's literally no album i played more times this year than Empire, and it doesn't get old. A huge, pleasant surprise. Sadly, Carcaeus has chosen to part ways with Veronica O. Rodriguez, the vocalist and lyricist for this amazing album. Whatever direction the band goes in the future, they will be hard-pressed to better this incredible initial offering. Listen, I'll tell you honestly that Carcaeus is sort of a band whose style that I grew into. They were one of my first introductions to melodic death metal, if you will. It's kind of odd for me because, you know, we've talked to this band, and so, you know, when the singer leaves, it's almost like a divorce. You know, you love both sides, and you want them both to do well. I'm anxious to hear the new offering from Carcaos, and I'm anxious to hear the new singer, and I'm anxious to see what Veronica comes up with. Three. After what some considered a disappointment in Requiem for the Indifferent, Epica has returned in 2014 with my number three album for the year, The Quantum Enigma. Mark Jansen has crafted an album that is tighter and less disjointed than some of its predecessors. This album has brilliant compositions such as The Second Stone, Victims of Contingency, Unchained Utopia, and The Essence of Silence. The overall orchestration is superb with a mix of guitars, growls, keyboards, soprano, strings, drums, and choirs coming together in masterful fashion. The instrumentation is majestic, and the classic contrast between Jensen's growls and Simmons' soaring voice have never been better. This is what symphonic death metal opera should be. Oh, God. I- I'm embarrassed for you with this pick, dude. This is a typical sort of choir slash synth-driven music that's virtually indistinguishable from any other symphonic metal band. I thought you loved choirs. I Yeah, choirs... We can pull that audio up where you talk about your love for choirs. No, I love the chorus of voices that sound like a choir as long as the choir is not the dominant part of the song. This is so mellow and tranquil. I'd use this to put a baby to sleep, not to get him headbanging. I think this is your, one of your worst picks. Two... With a metal pedigree unsurpassed, and now sporting arguably the coolest front person in all of metal, Arch Enemy wows with her latest offering, the number two album on my list for 2014, War Eternal. From the opening salvo of Never Forgive, Never Forget, Arch Enemy unleashes a barrage of new metal tracks that will soon become classics. You Will Know My Name, As the Pages Burn, and the title track All Wow the Listener. Michael and Elisa's splitting of the lyrical duties brings both a sense of continuity and freshness. And for those who feared clean vocals would be in the deal, 
None are to be found, and Elisa more than takes up the torch passed by quintessential death growler Angela Gasso. This is an album that doesn't disappoint, returning Arch Enemy to their rightful place as one of the genre-defining melodic death metal bands. One. Finally, we reach the masterwork of the year. My number one selection for 2014, Xandria's Sacrificium. After many decades, changes in front persons, and a variety of musical incarnations, Marco Hoibaum has finally found that magic formula. In Sacrificium, Xandria has merged the strongest traditional European power metal with the best symphonic sounds that Nightwish ever had to offer and capped it with vocals of unrivaled power. The album begins with the magnum opus title track, clocking in at over 10 minutes and continues to astound until the closing notes of Sweet Atonement. Diane Van Heersbergen's vocal prowess is beyond belief. She is now established as one of the premier singers in all of metal. This is an album with an amazing diversity. Classical sounds, symphonic touches, folk influences, and then you have a song like Betrayer that would have been at home on the new Judas Priest album. This was my hands-down choice for number one album, A True Jewel in the Crown. There have been many great albums this year, but Sacrificium is a transcendent offering that will go down as one of the best metal albums of the decade. You know, dude, I think that being said, this is your number one pick, that you can sacrificium my sack, because I can't believe that you chose this. Diane is an exceptional singing talent, but this is hard to distinguish from any other symphonic metal sound that's out there. I don't know how you could pick one above the other, because to me, they all sound the same. It is a fad type of metal that is slowly and completely getting away from what is true metal. I think we should get on to the actual top ten albums of the year, if you're ready for that. I am ready to hear your list. I have a hard time believing you could come up with a better list than mine. Well, (laughs) I'm sure that you have a hard time believing that. I'm not sure that true metal fans are going to have a hard time believing that. Well, let me just give you some of my honorable mentions for this year. There are bands like Iron Maiden with Power Slave. You know, Man of War's Hail and Kill is a classic. You've got Y&T and Rock We Trust, Anthrax, Fistful of Metal. Uh, One of your favorite bands, Merciful Fate, Don't Break the Oath. I know you love that album. Striper, The Yellow and the Black, and then White Snakes Slide It In. Uh, You know, Yngwie, Momstein's Rising Force. Metal Church's self-titled album. Spinal Tap. What a great album they put out. And then, of course, those old guys have come up with something again? What do you mean again, dude? These are some of the greatest albums of the year, and they're not even in the top ten. Go on. I'm, I'm not sure what you're doing here, dude, but go, go ahead. I'm a little confused. All right. Ten. My number ten album for this year, the self-titled album of Wasp, Blackie Lawless and Chris Holmes, who put together... Such a brutal attack that it's incredible. You have the animal, I want to be somebody, on your knees, show no mercy, paint it black. We finally got a band that has the combination of Alice Cooper's show and then Black Sabbath's ability to write great riffs put together in an album that definitely is something that if you haven't heard, you need to check it out. I didn't realize they had re-released that. So no, that's a surprise to me. not a re-release. What are you talking about? Okay, let's look at number nine. Nine. 
My number nine pick for the best album of the year is Fastway's All Fired Up. Here we have guys that have both great musical ability with such greats as All Fired Up, Tell Me, Telephone, If You Could See. I've seen these guys in concert, man, and they put on one hell of a show, and they put out one hell of an album. You can't get any more energetic than Fastway. Eight. Now, looking at number eight, this is one of the bands that I think musically was overlooked for this year. Warren Demartini is one of the most underrated metal guitarists of all time. I'm talking about Rat and Out of the Cellar at number eight. Round and Round was the commercial success from this album, but every single song on this album has something to offer. Wanted Man. It is not traditional. It is uh, a, a little more non-commercial. You've got Lack of Communication, which is just straight-up power, kick-your-ass rock-and-roll metal. You know, you've got Back for More, I'm Insane, and Scene of the Crime. All of them great songs indeed. Brian, you're talking about that 80s band Rat. Aren't they just the progenitors of the modern douchebag cock rock that is an affront to true metal? You know, I like the term cock rock because it insinuates that everybody in the band gets laid. That's what metal's all about, my friend. And this year, and this album in particular, typifies that. Seven. Let's move on to number seven, Quiet Riot and Condition Critical. This was the original party metal album. Metal is party. And the metal bands of today have forgotten about that, which is why they have to produce so much shit in order to be heard. Metal was the original party music. The second song on the album is one of the most beloved songs in heavy metal today. Mama, we're all crazy now. And then who could forget the actual commercial success from that album, Party All Night. Metal is not about being a great musician. Metal is not about being uh, super intelligent. Metal is about kicking up the amps to 11 and then getting your ears to bleed. It's about party. It's about just headbanging till you can't move anymore. And that's what many bands are forgetting. That's why this year was the greatest year in metal. Six. If there is a metal band on this planet, this band is it. I'm talking about Twisted Sister and Stay Hungry one of the greatest metal albums written of all time, let alone of this year. Dee Schneider is the quintessential vocalist for any heavy metal band. He has the voice. He has the show. He has the makeup. He has everything that you need to let the rest of the world know that we're not going to take it. And you can go to hell because we're willing to pay the price. And what we want to do, what do we want to do? We want to rock. Do I mean rock music? No. I mean headbang. I mean, dance. I mean, challenge the establishment. And Twisted Sister Stay Hungry is exactly the album to do that. Dee Snyder, he's that really, really old dude who, like, hosts a radio show where they talk about hair metal, which isn't metal, which is basically posers acting like they're playing metal. Are you, is this the same guy you're talking about? It is the same guy. He's that guy that is more popular than any of the top ten bands you talked about. He's that guy that makes a living out of being as stupid and as loud and as intense as you could possibly get, which is what metal is all about. 
five. Now that you accepted my definition of metal, let's move on to number five. This band was another one of those bands that was lumped in with the hair metal and glam metal bands because they had to look. But this is a band of musicians. This is a band of guys that could use the instruments that they were given to create some amazing sounds. I'm talking about Dawkin, Tooth and Nail. One of the greatest albums of this year. It starts off with the song Without Warning, which is really kind of an intro song. And it builds. And it keeps building till the explosion of Tooth and Nail, one of the greatest metal songs of all time. We're talking about George Lynch on guitar here, who is the metal hero of many of the guys who play guitar. He's the guy that they go, my God, I want to sound like that. I want to be that dedicated. I want to be that good at what I do. Four. Number four, I don't understand how anyone could call themselves a fan of heavy metal and not have this album. Of course, I'm talking about Dio, Last in Line. By God, we rock. By whatever metal god you call upon, if you don't, we rock. You are not a heavy metal fan. The Last in Line starts out with one of the greatest soft guitar intros ever and finishes with one of the greatest solos ever. There are so many good songs on this album. Mystery, I Speed at Night, One Night in the City. Dio is the quintessential heavy metal singer and deserves the respect, the position that this album demands. I didn't realize after his passage that they had begun to uh, reissue his albums. I, I do own this. I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't listened to it in a long time. Wait, I, wait, 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 you know, wait. I, are you saying that Dio is dead? I have no idea what you're talking about, dude. Three. Let me go on to number three, the most, probably the most obscure pick that I have for the great uh, album of the year. And I'm talking about, of course, Miss Wendy O. Williams, the album Wow. You know, Wendy was a member of the Plasmatics, which was sort of a punk hard rock band. I love Wendy for her attitude. And I think the attitude of heavy metal is reflected in this album in a way that cannot be expressed in any other way but this album. Uh, produced by Paul Stanley and Gene Timmons of Kiss, several of the songs are written by those guys. Wendy puts together an intro called I Love Sex and Rock and Roll that would make anybody bow down to what true metal is. And then the anthem of heavy metal, which as far as I'm concerned, should be the anthem of all generations of metal from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. It's my life. And of course the verse goes, it's my life, and I'll do what I want to do what I want to do. You know, and screw you if you don't like it. Wendy O. Williams is the original priestess. Two. All right, let me move on to an album which I'm sure that you are not going to have any problem with. The classic, The Metal Gods. The one and only Judas Priest, Defenders of the Faith. Listen, I don't care when you were born or what music you like. If you don't like Free Will Burning, you are not a friend of mine and you are not a fan of metal. I recently saw Priest in concert. <coughs> and they played some of the greatest metal songs of all times. But one of the best parts of that concert was the last song from this album. As we all gathered together in a chorus. That's what I mean by I love a choir. 
as we all gather together in the chorus of defenders of the faith. We are defenders of the faith. Here's where I have to call you out, because I'm a pretty big Priest fan, and I know that they have not had a re-release of Defenders of the Faith this year or even their dec- this decade. That can't be from this year. That, this is 2014. Defenders of the wait, Faith wait, wait, was wait, released. Wait. Say that again. This is 2014. Dude, you are freaking delusional. We're talking about 1984 albums here. No, man. I mean, Defenders of the Faith was released in 1984, which was 30 years ago. Dude, this is 1984. This is the greatest year of metal. These are the greatest metal albums of all times. One. Let me tell you the number one greatest album of 1984. There can be no doubt. There can be no debate. The greatest album of this year so far is Metallica's Ride the Lightning. The intro lead for Ride the Lightning is the definitive heavy metal guitar solo of all time. There's nothing better. Not even in the future, dude. Let's say that you're right. Let's say that this is some mythological 2014 album list. Ride the Lightning's guitar solo cannot be beat now, then, in the past, ever. Trapped Under Ice cannot be beaten. I don't know what world you're living in, but 1984 is the greatest year so far for metal albums. There is none better. There's not going to be any better. It doesn't matter what albums you put up. I didn't know a lot of the albums that you talked about, but it doesn't matter. This is what metal is. Brian, you've listed a number of quasi-metal offerings. The list that you have, it's like an infant who's making those first baby steps. And he's probably going to fall over on his face, or he's probably pooping himself as he's trying to walk. And that's basically the level of musical competence that the bands and albums that you've listed have. Let's say that what you're saying is true. All the uber-pretentious douchebag music in the world cannot compare to what metal is. You want to know what metal is? Metal is the music that started this genre. You can branch out into freaking 150 different sounds if you want, but metal is only one thing. It is power chords put together to make you bang your head. It is metal to the core. And the albums of 1984 are the greatest metal albums ever. Power chords are what hard rock is. If you want to talk about what true metal is, look to bands like Epica, which have symphonic death metal, Arch Enemy, the ultimate in melodic death metal, and Sacrificium, which is power symphonic metal, Those are the bands that will lead us into the future of metal. Well, my friend Gomfog, it looks to me like the great metal debate is not going to die with this podcast because I definitely disagree with you. And I think it should go on from here. These are some great albums from this year. You mentioned some great ones. I mentioned some great ones. The great metal debate continues. 
I think the debate continues into 2015, another year further into the new millennium of metal. Yes, the year that ACDC releases Fly on the Wall. Dude, I think that's 1985. I'm not sure. I'm a little dizzy. We're going to have to go back. Regardless, we thank our listeners and encourage you to follow us on Facebook, The Great Metal Debate. Also, listen for our podcasts, interviews, and fancasts on SoundCloud.com and YouTube.com.